Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. I know you're going to be so glad you did too. Today, I'm sharing a conversation that I had with therapist and author Julia Aziz. This is the second episode, by the way, on the topic of surrender and releasing negative emotions. If you haven't had a chance to go listen to Francine Hernandez, make sure you take time to do that. We talk about surrender and release there as well, and it's a great episode, so make sure you go check that out. I will be doing a bonus episode on the essential oil blends, surrender and release. Those are two oil blends by Young Living. I'm going to be doing that next week, and I'll make sure to come back and put the link in these show notes when the episode is published, so check that out. But back to today. Julia Aziz is a licensed clinical social worker from Austin, Texas, and she is amazing, really. She is the author of two different books. First is When You're Having a Hard Time, The Little Book That Listens. It's a great book. And Lessons of Labor, One Woman's Self-Discovery Through Birth and Motherhood. Julia is also an ordained interfaith minister, and her private practice integrates psychotherapy, writing, meditation, movement, natural elements, and traditional healing practices. She is brilliant and wise, and I so enjoyed getting to spend time with her. She has such practical insights and things you can do right now in your life to help with surrendering and releasing these negative emotions that might be holding you back. I know this conversation will add value to your day. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk, but now... As an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Julia, so much for being here today. I'm so glad you're joining us and me here. Um, We're going to be talking about releasing negative emotions and surrender. That's what we're talking about this week. So I am really glad you're here. I feel very honored. Well, I feel honored too. Thanks for having me, Wendy. It's really nice to meet you. Well, before we get started talking about all the things we're going to talk about today, I would love to hear a little bit about you, what you do, where you live, your family, all that stuff. Yeah. um, So I'm a holistic psychotherapist in Austin, Texas, and I have three kids and I'm married for actually having our anniversary, 16th anniversary and next week. And I love to hike. I love the mountains. I miss the mountains being in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I dance. I write. I read a lot. Spend time with friends. Yeah. That's great. So you live in Austin. My mm-hmm. daughter lives in Cedar Park. 
Oh, yeah. I have uh, in-laws in that area. Oh, yeah. Okay. So tell us what you do. You're a holistic psychotherapist, but what what do you do for practice? Um, so I, I work primarily with women and I work with a lot of other, I work, a lot of my clients are therapists, um, and generally are helping professionals, a lot of moms, what I call emotional caregivers. I work Mm -hmm. with women, um, oftentimes on boundaries, on feeling enough Mm -hmm. on, you know, being permission to take up space in the world. Um, and a lot, a lot with anxiety, grief, major life transitions, So I see individual clients and then I also run now what is now an online group for helping professionals and other women who give a lot of their attention and their life's energy to other people. And Mm -hmm. we do writing and movement and meditation as well as sharing. So I I do individual clients, groups, and then I also do some teaching at a graduate school for in traditional Chinese medicine. I teach counseling skills to the healthcare professionals there. Oh, that's a really good combination of lots of things. Yes. Yes. I'm kind of one of those people that's always, you know, I like to do, I I love working one-on-one with people and I also love the power of community and, and working in groups. That's great. Well, let's get into this. Let's start talking about releasing negative emotions. Now you have a group that is called called release and empower yes yeah I loved the name of that yeah that's good so let's talk a little bit about releasing emotions and surrendering can you just kind of give us a definition of release maybe yeah so so the way I see you know sometimes when people think about releasing negative emotions it's sort of like how can I quickly get rid of this so I don't have to feel it you know, and the way that that I see release is it's about fully going in and feeling what's there, what's underneath the surface, so that then you can have the relief of it moving through on its own. So it's not something forceful. It's not about like, let me get rid of this or push it away. It's more about um, allowing emotion to come through and, and move through and move out. Um, and that's, so it's really a lot more about permission than it is about, um, you know, trashing it mm-hmm. <laughs> about getting, getting rid of it. Yeah. Like throwing it away or something or, mm-hmm. yeah. or just bypassing kind of, I don't want to feel this heavy emotion. I don't want to get, you know, I think that there's, especially if, if, um, someone has gotten stuck in a state like depression or a lot of anxiety or things like that, it's like, oh, I don't want to drown in these negative emotions. And that's not that's not helpful either. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking to just sort of, uh, hang out down there and, uh, you know, everything is like really hard and really heavy. It's more about opening the heart in those places so that you can feel compassion while you're feeling this heaviness, this grief, this anxiety, whatever's coming up, mm-hmm. um, and really making space, you know, almost befriending the sh- the shadow, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really shadow work is how I see, you know, releasing negative emotions. It's, mm-hmm. it's about accepting, okay, they're here, you know, we can go about our days doing things and, oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. How are you? Good. All good. You know, and, and meanwhile, there's stuff going on underneath, you know, and it's um, only when we give ourselves the space to, to feel, you know, and give permission to that and, and even um, purposefully invite it that we can 
really experience release, like really experience this, like, huh, like a shift, you Mm -hmm. know, that I can be kind of down in the gutter and then I can kind of dust myself off and stand up and, and move on to the next thing, you know, and that we don't have to feel like we're sort of a slave to our emotions and nor do we have to feel like we're guarding against them. Mm-hmm. You know, we can start befriending them and utilizing the, the, the power, for instance, like with, for, with anger, for instance, you know, there's one that for a lot of women feels, Ooh, you know, not supposed to go there. But when anger is felt and harnessed, it often turns into a form of power where there's boundaries. It's like, oh, this anger is showing me where my no is. Mm. And then it, then it kind of transforms into more of a passion and more of a sort of clear direction. But if we try to not feel anger and I just, I don't want to feel it, I'm trying to push it away. It tends to, you know, settle in the body somewhere, you know, or turn inwards into depression. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's so interesting that you talk about this a little bit because I think emotions can be scary for people, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. we know what they feel like and we don't want to feel them. And so oftentimes we do whatever it takes to not feel those negative emotions that we don't feel are helpful for us. Right. But oftentimes just putting that feeling off, right? It exacerbates it because our feelings want to be felt. Yeah. Right. That's the whole thing. So they will just stay and stay until we're able to do that. And then it's more like a wave, right? We can be taken by this wave, but it goes away. And so I love that. That's great. I would love to hear a little bit about why you think it's important for our mental health, really, to work on releasing you know, working through that process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's really important really for physical health as well as a mental health. You know, if you think about what does it mean to be mentally healthy or emotionally healthy, you know, when in the mental health field, really often what we're talking about is, is disease, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is where things are going, are getting stuck or awry. But, you know, someone who's experiencing mental health, and um, emotional health has is is open has as a fluidity to them. So when you're able to feel and release and relieve negative emotions, it gives you more capacity to be in the world. You know, it mm-hmm. gives you more capacity to be with suffering, whether that's your own or somebody else's. We can't control the outside world. That's super obvious these days, mm-hmm, right? right? Like there's so much chaos, there's constant change all the time. So we need to be able to adapt, you know, to be mentally healthy is to, to be able to sort of dance with it as, a, as the chaos happens, you know, how do I, how do I move with it? How do I um, bring in that, that sort of feminine energy of resilience and having, having choices, you know, that I think part of what, what is good for mental health in terms of releasing negative emotions is that it gives you options for how you're going to respond to a situation. You're not just um, set in sort of the conditioning that you were raised in. And this is the only way I can respond. Mm -hmm. Those are good words right there. (laughs) And I would love for you to maybe give us a little bit bit of a picture of what you see in people when they come to you who have not done that, 
who are stuck kind of or are holding on to those emotions? What does it look like in their life? I think a lot of times over a period of time that looks like things like resentment, Mm -hmm. um, like really holding on to things for a long time or um, definitely depression feeling like not feeling, you know, and not feeling engaged in life and and not even being able to access the emotions anymore because they've been so buried for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it can look like a low level lack of purpose or lack of joy Mm -hmm. in life, because I do feel, you know, I remember even at a young age, sort of noticing this thing that if you, if you really cried really hard, it would eventually turn into laughter. And if you laughed, if you just were laughing and laughing and laughing, it eventually turns into tears. Right. And so I think the capacity um, to feel something like grief is intimately connected with the capacity to feel joy and gratitude. Mm -hmm. It's very true. When people are are suppressing or ignoring and not able to feel those hard feelings, they yeah. then just on the other end can't feel the good things either. Like we, right. we really are like a vice. I was like somebody like you know it, it expands and contracts at the same level. Absolutely, so true. I mean, we can become just numb when we don't allow mm-hmm. ourselves to feel the negative yucky stuff too. So, mm-hmm. so as you work with your clients and they come to you and I mean, you've probably experienced this in your personal life too, just personally, what have you found that was helpful for yourself and for your clients in working to release these emotions and to feel them? Yeah. Yeah. So I think over the years, I mean, there are so many helpful modalities, like Mm. too many helpful modalities in some ways. And that's actually part of what inspired me to, to start this group was the idea was like, what are the simplest, just really easy practices that are very powerful that we can do whenever we need to do them, you know, Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that I practice and that I share in the group. And so to me, it's, it's working on different levels. Like one is in the mind, right? Like we can get real caught up in something in the mind stories or a rant or a worry or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, using writing as a, as a form of release, let me just dump this all out in my, in my group, I call it taking out the trash, like just, let the emotion just speak for itself without filter, raw, you know, like, like a four-year-old would do it, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not trying to be adult and mature about it. But so dumping it out from the mind, um, using writing or speaking, I find really helpful. And then, then also the body, you know, we store, and I think this is widely understood now that we store emotions in the body, we store trauma in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, So using movement, using music and using the voice to move energy, to move stuck areas. So we, we experiment with that and it's, it's an intuitive process. It doesn't have to be like, yes, you can learn a particular yoga pose to, to work with a certain emotion. But you can also start paying attention to your body and notice what it wants to do and kind of let the animal of your body move the way it needs to move. And, and part of how I work with that with clients, too, is, is using the voice, which is often a real challenge at first, because um, especially with women, most haven't been given a lot of permission to make 
loud and unusual, ugly noises, you know? And so just opening up the vocal cords and, and returning almost to this toddler level of like making sound, taking up space, you know, just letting it come through and it, it shifts. We don't, we don't stay in that place forever. It shifts when we release it like that. Yeah. So I, I feel like both of those are, are simple. You know, I'll, I'll tell people, I mean, you can go in the bathroom and at work when people used to go to workplaces, you know, you can go right. in the bathroom and just take five minutes and sort of shake out the body and, and maybe wash your hands and, you know, imagining just like, okay, I'm, I'm moving on from this. I'm letting it go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many ways that we can use what we already have to move emotions along throughout the day to just be kind of cycling, allowing that to happen without it um, kind of taking over. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of using your voice. I have not heard that as a as an intervention, and I like that. Yeah, I do a lot of growling with people like, <laughs> you know, it feels really good. I highly ah. recommend it. <laughs> I like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's really, and it's hard. I mean, people don't want to do that. They feel silly, or they feel embarrassed or weird or something but our body needs that like needs those things to release I actually I used to work with this therapist and he was wonderful and he would come out of session sometimes and he'd come into my office and he would just shake his whole body just shake uh-huh. everything he's like I have yep. to shake this off and yep. I think that's really true <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's amazingly effective. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour long class or something, it can really be three minutes, yeah. you know, and, and I think that that's part of like developing this resilience. It's like, there's a trigger happens. It's like, okay, I see that trigger, I, I get it. And I don't need to analyze it and get into this whole thing about it. But I do need to move, move it through it. my system. Mm-hmm. So I can be grounded again and, and then choose from a, from a more centered place, how I want to respond. Mm, I like that. And, and it's really true that we have to acknowledge the fact that these triggers and these emotions, they're going to live in our bodies. Yeah. And um, when we can acknowledge that and do something about that, it does help release those emotions if they aren't stuck in our bodies. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Uh, Are there any other, any other like real tangible things that you do with your clients or with yourself? Yeah. Well, and another is using um, not traditional meditation, but sort of intuitive practice to work with places that get stuck. Like you mentioned not wanting to, you know, when, when you don't like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to feel those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be too much, you know, that's often a, a fear, you know, I don't, I don't want to go there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to purposely go there, like to stay in the body, in the awareness, in the present moment and say, can I be with this right now? Like, am I, cause we're in each moment, there can be an okayness with what is felt. And it's the dread, you know, it's the fear of fear. It's the not wanting to feel mm-hmm. that's all that resistance creates something bigger. Mm-hmm. But when we're able to be with what we're actually feeling and just notice it as sensation in the body, notice it as thought patterns in the mind and realize like, Oh, 
I can do this. I can be with this. You know, mm-hmm. it's part of the human experience. Like we, we came here to feel all the feelings. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is to be a human being, you know? And um, so I weave that in as well, usually after the movement aspect, you know, to really sit and be, okay, well, what does it feel like now? You know, mm-hmm. what does the emptiness feel like? Can we tune into the, the positive emotions, like, can you call in, like, what is it that you're wanting to feel? You know, are you wanting to feel a sense of peace? You know, mm-hmm. then you can call that in. What does that feel like? What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, and just letting everything sort of imagining kind of all of this stuff sort of going down through the body and out through the bottoms of the feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you can't like evoke that peace, you can imagine what it would feel like. Right. And sometimes then that helps, you know, yeah. helps our, our brains to activate it when we can imagine what it would feel like if I could feel yeah. peace or feel happy or feel content, whatever it is. So absolutely. That's, those are such great tangible things that anybody can do anytime to help ourselves just let go of the emotions, but also let ourselves experience them and then let go of those emotions. So, right. Like it's almost like they're, they're going on their own accord, like the letting go. I, I remember a, some image of sort of an open palm and you know, with a feather that's just the wind takes it and it mm-hmm. goes, you know, as opposed to like, I'm going to chuck it. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, throw it get away. Rid of it. Right. I just you hold know, it there. How things move. It's like let, letting things come through. Like you said, it's almost like we're a, um, a channel, you know, and just, just letting things, just letting things move through, like being this, this portal for experience and, and kind of tuning into this, this bigger acceptance of I'm here to have this human experience. And Mm -hmm. it means like, sometimes that's an experience of heat and tension. And sometimes that's an experience of cool and relaxation. You know, it's, it's always changing. It's, it's, you know, that's why I think emotions are so tied to something like water, you know, it's, it's moving Mm -hmm. always. Yeah. And it, it is scary sometimes to let those hard feelings come because it, it feels as if sometimes that they will never leave. Yeah. Like if I let this, I mean, I've heard this, I'm sure you have lots of times too. You know, if I feel this, I will not stop. Yeah. If I get yeah. angry, I will not be able to control it. If I, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. if I get sad, if I start crying, I will not stop. Yeah. And that's just, and that's what- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's why it's so important to have protected spaces to do that emotional work, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if there's fear around it. Um, For instance, anger is a really good example of that because if, if you're just like, Oh, go feel your anger wherever, I mean, you could hurt some people. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you are in a a protected space and that's invited and you feel safe, um, you can touch into your rage, you know, and, and it's almost by intensifying and and turning up the volume, it, it will eventually leave on its own accord. Now, if there's something going on for a period of time, for instance, something like grief, where 
this isn't like you're going to feel it one day and then you're all done the next day. That's not mm -hmm. how it works. Right. So it may be, it may be days, weeks, months, you know, it may be if you're, a, especially if you're, you know, highly sensitive and or an empath, you know, and living in this world right now, it's, this is to me, it's, it's daily hygiene. You know, it's mm -hmm. the same as we brush our teeth. It's like, we have to practice emotional hygiene, you know, and this is how we become to me. Emotional strength is not um, being stoic but about uh, really having the capacity for feeling and, and being grounded in that, you know, not, not being, I'm not saying, you know, like super moody, right. I mean, right. though you, they, you may naturally be have, have strong moods, right. But it's really, how do you work with the emotions? Like, how do you um, kind of owning that agency again? It's different if you're giving something permission than if you feel taken over by it. Mm-hmm. It's really true. Instead of your emotions hijacking you, right? That right. you take control of them and you get to choose. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with us at all about releasing emotions or surrender at all? You know, I loved that you, you had surrender in the title too. And I was thinking about that because I think, um, there is, there is a distinction there, right? Between like you're, you're releasing negative emotions and the surrender to me is really around accepting that this is what it is. Like this, whatever is happening in, in your life is happening. Whatever you're feeling in your body, you are feeling, you know, surrendering to um, the reality of, of being a human being in this in this person that gets triggered sometimes and that mm -hmm. feels these things or has this body, you know, and, and the surrender, I think when we truly, um, we truly sort of offer up, you know, the, the things that we worry about or, or trying to hold on to or control and just recognize I'm not, I'm not in control here, you know, and where is my area of agency is I can take good care of myself by, clearing my own system by doing what's best for, for me to, for me to be at my best, you know, for me to be clear and feeling loving towards myself and other people. I think that's, that's part mm -hmm. of surrender. I like that. Thanks for sharing that too. It does have kind of a ring of the radical acceptance piece too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think they're very tied. Mm -hmm. I think it, it takes surrender to get to radical acceptance for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes surrender, I think can come from like, I just give up. I can't try anymore. You know, it, it can be a, a very difficult process of a lot of pushing and trying and giving up, you know, but underneath that defeat is, um, is a piece, you know, mm -hmm. is a recognizing, Oh, I can't, you know, I'm not in control and therefore I don't have to try to be. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's, those are words of wisdom right there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, all of that wisdom and, and insight with us today. I want to hear, uh, I know a lot of people are going to want to hear how to get in touch with you and all the things you're doing. So can you talk a little bit about what you have out there? I know you also yeah. are an author. So talk about your books a little yeah. bit and your blog and all that stuff. Yeah. So the best way to find me um, on the internet, it's just my name.com. So www 
Julia Aziz, J-U-L-I-A-A-Z-I-Z.com. Um, and there you'll see all the, all the things I have going on. Um, so in addition to, to individual counseling with clients in Texas, I run this um, release and empower group. And so, like I said, it's, it's mainly targeted towards women who are helping professionals, moms, emotional caregivers, women who are giving a lot of their life's energy towards other people. And it's a space to be with yourself in community. And so we do um, a heart-centered writing practice. We do movement and vocalizing, not in front of the screen. So it really helps with that self-consciousness. Um, we do guided meditation and then we do sharing without crosstalk. So there's no advice giving, there's no opinions. We're really just there to witness each other and to, um, you know, support each other's strength as well as vulnerability. And there is on there as well, there's, um, I have a newsletter with a blog. I send out reflections about once a month, usually generally related to these types of topics, um, often about emotional release and often about kind of living in a changing world and in chaos. Um, and I have, uh, the first book I wrote came out in 2015. It's called Lessons of Labor, One Woman's Self-Discovery Through Birth and Motherhood. And that's about using childbirth sort of as a metaphor for letting go of control and um, surrender. And the other book just came out. It's just a little, very small, affordable little book called When You're Having a Hard Time, The Little Book That Listens. And that book De describes this writing practice that we do in the group and then has sort of my responses. It, it's sort of like a Oracle deck of responses. Mm. So it, it just sort of outlines a practice you can do of speaking, speaking the negative emotions out loud and then receiving, you know, heart response to that. Mm. So it's self-compassion practice. And so all of those things, like I said, can be found on my website. And I think if, if you sign up for my newsletter, which is also there, that's an easy way to stay in touch and, and know what's going on. That's great. I will put all that info in the show notes and links to your book and your website there too. So people can find that quickly. And thank you very much. Now I have three questions that I ask everybody, okay. everybody on my podcast. So the first question is. Uh, I'd love to hear an event that changed you. Let's see. I don't know if this is a discrete event. I guess it sort of is. When I was, I think I was 25, I'd been working as a counselor already, and um, but something wasn't quite, it wasn't quite aligned with my purpose. And I, I had been meditating and I really wanted to go to the part of the world where meditation came from. And um I sold my stuff. I quit my job. I got rid of, you know, my rental and, and all that. And I'm like, I'm going off, you know, and bye I, bye. I went to, bye-bye. I don't know when I'll be back. I ended up being gone for a year. Um, and I started out in, in Thailand and in Nepal is where I was doing meditation retreats. And I remember at some point I'd been there maybe four months and I was in this sort of crappy little hotel room on my own. And was sort of like, what's, what am I doing here? You know, why am I, why, what am I doing? And I, I really, I had this, this um, experience of it doesn't matter. And that, that it doesn't matter was both terrifying and completely liberating, mm. you know? And I, I always remember that, that moment in that hotel room, because it was in some ways it was a, 
it was a deep low and a deep and a, you know, way high, you know, it was just like, Oh, I can do anything with this, like create, you know, anything could happen, you know, and what will happen next. This was before Eat, Pray, Love, but this was right. my that was your Eat, Pray, my, Love my version of that before before that book came out. Oh, that's interesting. I would, I'd love to hear more about that eventually someday. I'll have to hear that absolutely story. Yeah. Okay, the next question is a person who changed you. I'd say um, my friend James. I met him right after college. I moved to Santa Fe, and. Um, I had been, I got a bachelor's in psychology and I had been, um, this was in the late nineties. I had, you know, thought I was going to go into, I knew I was going to go in the mental health field. They had a lot of part-time jobs and social service. And he was the first person to introduce me to sort of spirituality and meditation and this whole other world that I hadn't been exposed to before. And I just, you know, he's still a good friend. He lives in Oregon now and I'm in Austin, but, you know, I feel like those people that introduce, it's like he opened this door that then became sort of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I always am grateful to him for that. That sounds like he was very influential and a very, he, was. he made a big change in your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And a book that changed you. You know, related to that, because I think I found this book sort of close to that period of time, um, Ram Dass's How Can I Help? Mm. If you've read that before, but um, he, he just has all these stories. And it was the first time it was validated for me that it's not about uh, like a helper and a help. So like, here's this person who's suffering, and then here's this well person who can help them. Like, that's not really what's happening you know, what's really happening is the healing is happening through this relationship, you know, and, and the healing's happening for both. It's just in a different, you know, the agreement, it's a different agreement. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that book was, has really, you know, I, I got to read it early on in my career and it's really always stuck with me. And I use it in the classes I teach to train new helping professionals and to remember that um, it's not about like, once you get it all together, then go do some good in the world. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really about, um, a humility, you know, and, and knowing that we're all for as long as we're alive, we're learning here, you know, and the, and so when we're called to be of help to somebody else, it's really an honor, mm -hmm. you know, it's really, um, a great honor to do that and to, to treat it with reverence. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful book. It's been a long time since I've read it, but definitely pivotal. I will check that out and maybe I'll just put that on my Amazon list right now. <laughs> yeah, that's sounds, a good one. That's great. Good questions. You're probably getting a lot of great book recommendations. Yeah. You know, I, I started this year um, doing this because I wanted to, um, I have been on a mission to read more since, since I was in graduate school, really, I was like, I don't want to read ever again. You know, yeah. but uh, so I've been on a mission to read more and to get other people just to read more. So we have uh, through our podcast, just so many great uh, recommendations of books. So anyway, thank you so much, Julia, for being with us. Thank you for having me, Wendy. All your information. It's really fun to get to know you and and hear all your wisdom. So 
Thanks again. And I'm looking forward to keeping connected with you. Absolutely. Me too. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.